0: In episode 3.1 of Unshuffled, we discuss the 2001 debut album from French metal band Gojira. But first, as always, here's our awesome intro music from Seven Planets. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, you're not two days away from your 50th birthday, are you? Um, uh, wait, are you? <laughs> no, but it uh, won't well, be long. <laughs> uh, our listeners have no idea. Well, hopefully they've listened to the album, but uh, those who haven't will have no idea what we're talking about. No. They don't even know who we are at this point.
1: <laughs> it's been ages. Like we It's thought- been a long time. The last time we did this, we were commenting on how long it had been since the one prior. Yeah. It's, it's officially been longer. Yep. It's longer. I mean,
0: I've traveled look, further, too.
1: Well, I was going to say, look how much of the world has been traversed in that time. I've gone from <laughs> the US. I'm, I'm now, listener, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm back at, at, at ground zero, where, where, the, where the magic started in Jakarta in, in my kitchen. Uh, where yep. we started recording, I'm I'm back. I've we we got here a couple of weeks ago. We'd been gone since March in the U.S. You, however, in the meantime, first off, yeah. are the 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 most quarantine in person I think I've ever met, <laughs> and uh, and and you've traveled. You were the the last one we did. You were in Australia. You were your sister's yep. house. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to that, you were here in Indonesia, next door where your house yep. now is. They they keep leaving the lights on. Um, yeah. It's kind of unnerving. Uh,
0: yeah, sure and, as long as you don't see any shadows passing in front of the window.
1: <laughs> Not so far. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. and and now go ahead and you finish the story.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah. Last podcast I was in Australia in my home in my hometown. Um, now we're in my wife's home country of Italy. Uh, so we've left the Australian winter and we've come for the beautiful. Uh, warm Italian summer, but yet we are still in quarantine, as you said, a very different quarantine experience this time. In Australia, we were in a sealed hotel room. Um, Here, we're in um, my wife's parents' apartment. They're away. Um, But, yeah, we have access to all the the goodies that Italy has to offer, including some really nice home-delivered pizza and um, um, anything else that might... Make the quarantine a much more pleasant stay than than the previous one, and we're almost done. It's it's been a breeze. Hmm. Still looking forward to you know being able to interact with other human beings soon, and, and uh, nice to see you too. Oh no, it's great to see you.
1: Oh, hmm. uh, it's uh, yeah. No, I think I'm 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 imagining that Jakarta is exactly what it was as you left it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> nothing's. It doesn't change. Nothing's much. out of place. I do have a, I do have a couple CDs of yours. Oh, you're that, right. Well, enjoy that I, brought, that I brought back from the US and uh yeah. figure out a Give them a, to... a spin. How many? how many Yes, I will.
0: Hmm. Oh I
1: can in the car. This is oh yes. Yeah. Actually
0: I didn't yeah. even think about that.
1: That's driving to driving to work music.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was trying love it. <laughs> Uh, anyway so we are unshuffled Uh, we are all about musical intentionality so thank you for joining us um, as we continue our journey and the next phase of our journey begins today this is episode 3.1 so uh, we're on to our third band at last Uh, the band's name is Gojira And we're going to start with their first album. We've never heard Gojira before, and this is what we're doing on this podcast. We're picking bands that we know we should have listened to and haven't got around to it. How we missed, well, I don't know, speaking personally, how I missed Gojira, I don't know. I have seen them live, uh, but they were supporting Mastodon in Melbourne in 2012. I didn't take a lot of notice for them. I was there to see of them. I was there to see Mastodon. Um, but now it's so nice to finally go back and give them the time that I should have given them long ago. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start with their debut album today, which is called Terra Incognita, and we'll pick it up from there and work our way through their entire discography. Um, we might have one minor interruption because there is an Atomic Bitchwax CD out any – oh, maybe today. It's or, out. Um, it's out. Yeah. I have it yep okay i'm waiting but all right so well let's decide at the end of the podcast whether we listen to that one or go on to the next gojira album but uh yeah today we're doing terra incognita uh, by gojira and at some point in the future we'll do episode 3.2 and and continue through their discography um unless some other band releases something like uh pale gray law might just pop out some release um along the way or something who knows uh, i think uh, oh, yeah. i think we're off,
1: i think we're off the hook for surprise releases for the time being okay nobody um, seems to be actually in the studio
0: right now no although gojira have recently released a song which um we'll there's, get to eventually there's my uh that's my confession ah okay all right out with it then
1: i've listened to it it's great Mm. It's 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 it, it. I want it to be my favorite song on this album, but
0: uh, <laughs> you're breaking the rules. <laughs> but it can't
1: be. I've not listened to it, like it came. I haven't listened to any other Gojira, right? So I haven't listened to anything else. Right. But that that track came out. I think like a week or two ago. And you know? I was out grilling,
0: and I listened to it, and
1: it's just like, oh man, this is so good. Anyway, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's promising that it's good, though. I'm glad they haven't turned into some, I don't know, barbershop quartet or something. <laughs> or is it? it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So if you haven't listened to Terra Incognita, the debut album from Gojira yet, our recommendation is that you stop the podcast now, Go and listen to it. You can download it off Bandcamp. You don't have to wait for the physical media to arrive or get the physical media if you can and listen to it before you listen to this podcast. Um, wh- this is designed to be a companion podcast to the listening that you've already done, and we want you to form your own opinions and have the same experiences that we did going in with very little knowledge of the type of music. In fact, we um, this is diff- This is not what I expected. Um, I don't know about you, um, but, uh, in fact, let's have that conversation now because I expected something very progressive and very mastodon-y. Mm-hmm. So, something, yeah, so I expected heaviness and technical drumming and guitaring, but I didn't expect death metal. And that's, I think that's what we got. Is, it, is this a death metal? I think it's a death metal album. I mean, the vocals would suggest so
1: the the vocals would suggest so it uh okay it was a little industrially for yep. kind of what it was more industrial than than what i would normally be listening to yep. um and this is where so I've, I've i've heard and i'm kind of embarrassed to say this actually because as i was i am I don't know why i haven't listened to this band i'm glad i haven't because i think this is going to make the next six episodes of this pretty fun but um but the the newest song is it's when i heard that that was where i was like oh okay that's that's what i was hoping for right and 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 so it if i can i have my i have my suspicions as to why if i can go into the the stats here of the album
0: yep yeah so okay let's do that so let yeah uh, it's your job each each podcast to give the album details the date the label and the credit scene so on as well hit us up with that now so it came out
1: it was originally released march nineteenth, two 2001 and mm-hmm. and then i think it was just kind of like like Several, you know, the bands that we've been looking at so far where that the debut album just kind of just disappears into the ether, right? And I think that happened here because then it was re-released in 2009. And so I'm imagining it was based on the strength of what they've done since that sort of there was a, a demand for this, that it was re-released. And then it was re-released. It was remastered and re-released again in 2016. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of been tinkered with over the past, you know, 19 years or whatever since it's been released. But it is very much a product of sort of that late 2000, early 2001 kind of metal scene that was happening. And um, anyway, and so it was produced, it it seems as far as as I can tell, it was self-produced by the band that's uh, Gojira. And it was recorded in Belgium, in Pulse Studio. And the lineup is looks like we've got two brothers Joe, they're French. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy these names, by the way. Uh, You're Joe, close enough to Canada to get this. You live close enough to Canada to get, to get this rock. <laughs> Joe, Joe Duplantier and Mario Duplantier are the singer and the drummer. And yeah. then Christian Andrew is the guitar player and I believe the model for the album cover. And uh, Jean Michel Labadie. This is a bass player.
0: Yeah, you did murder it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, of course. I I don't know what version you were listening to, but I'm assuming same one as me, the Bandcamp uh, Listenable Records download, which I think is the remastered most recent one with a few few live (laughs) tracks. A few live tracks uh, thrown on at the end. Um, I did try and, you know, I, I like to get the original releases when I can and I did try and find it. The only version I could see was on discogs.com for, and it had, it was a three figure price tag on it. So <laughs> yeah, if exactly. you've got it, congratulations and, yeah. um, you know, send me an email, I'll buy it off you.
1: Yeah, I don't, that's, that's what I gathered. I think it kind of, they had, you know, their set number that got released and then once it was gone, it
0: was gone and it wasn't yeah. until 2009 that you could get it back.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. So I, I didn't you- buy the physical. I didn't buy the physical uh for this, and I probably won't for the next one. They're a little harder to get. Um, um but I think they get easier to get as they get into their later and, and bigger
1: albums. So my I, I did want to share my listening experience with this stuff. Um yeah. my, fir- my first listen was actually it was it was on the flight. It was I was kind of I was trying to because sort of after we finished our last podcast, much of that, the rest of that was scrambling us, trying to get COVID tests, trying to get Mm -hmm. flights, trying to get everything packed up and get back here. And so things got pretty chaotic. And it wasn't until that Chicago to Tokyo flight that I had, I had 13 hours. And so I was, I, my plan was to listen to it. Anybody who's traveled with toddlers knows that I I was sort of, I was listening in fits and spurts. I would get, you know, I'd get a song in and then and then it, you know some time would pass, and I come back and get another song. But it was finally on that the leg from Tokyo to Jakarta, where the kids had just worn themselves out and slept. Where I was able to actually just listen to it finally straight through, start to finish. Yeah. And, uh,
0: and so yeah. that was. Kind I, was of weird. I was all set up to do something similar on our flight from Melbourne to um, to Abu Dhabi, <laughs> but. Um, They've changed the headphones on flights now. They have these in-ear ones that my son found very uncomfortable and couldn't just couldn't get them to sit in his ear. So I had to give him my Sennheisers, and I was uh, and I sort of gave up on the whole idea. But uh, since arriving here and and in this quarantine phase, you know, I've had a good week here. Of every night, once the kids are in bed, okay, it's Gojira time, and um, yeah, I'm, I've had a good week listening to it. i thoroughly enjoyed just some some solid listening time again and of course i'm not working like you so uh, i'm <laughs> less worn out and much you know <laughs> in a much different frame of mind i'm sure you do you look you look refreshed daisy daisy-ish i believe yeah yeah it's it's not a bad life <laughs> um okay so is is that it for the uh oh so you've given us the Album Details, uh, the original label was... Uh, Gabriel Editions. Uh, Gabriel Editions, and then the most recent one is Listenable. Was there one in between? I, I'm nope. not sure. No, nope. it
1: went from uh, Gabriel Editions was the first run, and then Listenable has done the, the re-release
0: and the remaster. So they did the 2009 and the 2016. Right, okay. And the, uh, the photo on the cover is one of the band members, you said the guitarist. I believe it's Christian Andrew. Yeah, and I think and the photo was taken by, I think it was the singer Joe Duplantier, right? Or no, I think it was the sister of, I think it was the Gabriel the Duplantier sister. Oh, okay. Who's also a photographer who took that? Got so, it, yeah. Got it, got it. okay. So very much a family, a Duplantier family affair that, including the album artwork. But uh, did did you like the front cover?
1: I, I they got a flexible guitar
0: player. I kind of, you
1: know, <laughs> whatever. it is what it is. I didn't uh,
0: quite like it. It's, yeah, it's very artistic, very striking. It's a memorable cover. I, I, I think it's a good one. Right. Uh, and the title is Terra Incognita, which um, the Wikipedia entry tells us um, has links to, um, well, it's a Latin word for unknown land. It has links to Hinduism with... Um, um well let me just read the Wikipedia entry. According to Hindu legend, Brahma hid the divinity that he had taken from humanity for the punishment of its abuse in inside each man in these unknown lands. Apparently, I don't know. There's no citation on that, by the way. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, apologies to our Hindu listeners, uh if I've got that wrong, but um yeah, um it, it is an exploration of unknown, land, the unknown land inside. It's supposedly in, inside the, uh, the human beings and we'll get into the themes as we go. Um, and perhaps we can start now if you want to uh, jump into the track by track. Yeah, let's do it. Track yeah. one is clone. Clone and- now, is it clone in capital letters or is it just clone? Because I for some reason when I play it, it comes up clone in, in capital letters. And
1: I can get I can get that answer for you right.
0: It might now. Just a, no. It might have just yeah. been a quirk of the of the download. It might be a quirk. I'm yeah. not or, or or it's a not on mine. Yeah. Okay. So um it's got one of the uh, the last time we did had an atmospheric sort of sound effect. Opening, and this one has one too. The um, I, you know, I called it the creaking door uh, uh, effect here. That sort of sets the scene for the album. This one has the sound of some kind of machine, uh, which you soon sort of realise is a printer. I think, and mm. then you think, well what, are, well, what are they printing? And then you know, the, the the lyrics kind of lead you to think, well, they're kind of printing a human being here. Right, printing people. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, I kind of felt like this this also the opening sort of gives way to the there is this I kept thinking of of like um just pistons, just sort of pistons firing very uh yeah. frenetically almost this jackhammering yeah. rhythm and, and but it changes up. I mean it's not this, it's not a monotonous right. And, and I, I guess by by saying it sounds like that the pistons kind of makes it sound like it it doesn't change, but it does change. Um yep it does it absolutely changes up and 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 the the drum like the, here's the thing about this man i don't have the technical language to talk about the things that i want to talk about in several of these songs i'm just kind of i've just got like the the, the basic words and then it just sort of it kind of fills it i don't know yeah. how to, i don't know how to describe what's happening here i oh, wish that's all right. i wish that i was i wish i understood drumming better to talk about what he's doing with the double with the double kick, um, what he's doing with like the, the fact that the the fills, there's something like his, his feet are just going like crazy, but then the fills just feel like everything's pulling back. And Mm. it's, I know like it doesn't slip, not have like 15 drummers. And it feels like that. It feels like there's, there's just, you know, there's one guy doing the arms and one guy doing the feet and they're not even listening to the same song, but somehow it all, it all just fits.
0: Yeah. I think the drumming certainly jumps out at you. From the opening of this album and, and it and right through the rest of the album i mean it's incredible and um uh what you know what is your experience with this with death metal and and sort of extreme extremely heavy music have you did you were you a fan at any stage of, of sort of extreme or, or industrial or super heavy death ba- death metal bands i guess what are you thinking when you're thinking super heavy death metal bands well well i mean like morbid angel because i'm just the first bands that jumped into my head when i heard the opening of this were death Mm -hmm. morbid angel and Mm -hmm. and the sort of industrial precision of maybe a fear factory or one of those late 90s so yeah that's what that's what i was getting is that
1: so death and morbid angel yes i'm familiar and i listened um fear factory was that see okay so that was kind of where I I veered off and I I think I even had fear factory on my list as a band that I never gave a proper listen to. I mean, I listened to, but it was, it it felt a little too industrial for me. So I kind of just never really pursued. And, and, and there were elements here where I was listening to this and, and I did find myself going, I'm hoping we're not going down that line.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't a big Fear Factory fan. I mean, I knew a few of their songs. It wasn't a band that I explored in depth. But certainly the Death and Morbid Angel influences and the band mm-hmm. themselves have spoken about those two bands as influences, as well as Sepultura. Right, so Sepultura uh, was one that I was thinking of quite a bit also while
1: I was listening to this.
0: Yeah. I think the drumming certainly ha- um, reminded me of... Uh, what was his name? Eagle, Eagle Cavalera, I think, was the drummer. Um e- Igor, but even Sepultura's new drummer
1: is right. on on the, the the most recent couple albums. He, even that, he's
0: amazing. And and yes, right. and so
1: they Sepultura's kept that thread. And this is very yeah. I, yes, I agree.
0: Hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I didn't. I just didn't expect to, to put it on a here. Death and Morbid an Angel. It, it caught me off guard a little bit. But then once I sort of embraced the drumming and especially the sound of that kick drum, man. It's like yeah, okay, I remember why I used to love this music. I don't listen to it much this type of music much these days. Um but it it doesn't the- stay there though. That's the thing is it's not
1: like there there's all these the different so, I mean we'll we'll get to I mean of course we're going to get to you know Satan as a lawyer, but mm. this idea that I mean but there are even within the songs like this one has at the 3 minute mark all of a sudden there's just this mood shift.
0: Yep. Yep. yeah so let's get to that so that slower section there's a semi-acoustic um sort of guitar section leading into some, some strong chords uh, some vocal rounds so um some hint of some singing uh, you know there was some sort of death metal style vocals early on but there's a hint of some singing in that slower section and then at the and and then he sings in the and the cradle is falling down and then we lead into this sort of break down. Uh, um and I uh, just love that riff there, sort of mm. sort of about two-thirds of the way through. And we get some of those uh, pinched harmonics, that, which it, that's where the more of an angel thing that... Now, I've heard it. Um, I've read in a review, I uh, pinched harmonics like Diamond, what's his name, the Pantera guy. Dimebag. <laughs> Daryl. Uh, but this, I never thought Dimebag when I, I... I just thought <laughs> Trey Azigthorff. Tre- uh, the Morbid Angel guitarist was was the guitarist. What was At I any point did you think? Being, hmm.
1: At any point did you think Rage Against the Machine? Was there any Tom Morello? And I found there were a couple moments where, and maybe I'll. I mean, I do like this, especially when we get to like track ten, Rise. I'll talk about the Dimebag bag Daryl. Like I definitely feel a Pantera vibe on that one. But there were moments where I felt like. Like the thing with Tom Morello was, is that he was, I feel like he, with his guitar, he was always trying to sort of imitate, uh, like a DJ. Right. And, 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 and sort of just, you know, the record scratching of a, a, of a rap track. And I, I, I kind of got the same with, with Andreo's guitar here, where there was sort of like his guitar in some place in, in some moments feels very metal, but in other times it feels kind of almost hip hop.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, it never occurred to me, but um I'll give it another listen and, and see. Um interesting observation. But yeah, not no, it's not one that I, I shared, but um yeah, interesting. Um, did you were you a morbid angel fan?
1: A little bit. I had I I never got into uh I liked Morbid Angel. Um right. but I didn't, it wasn't part, I had a buddy who was really into Morbid Angel. And so most Mm -hmm. of my Morbid Angel listening came just when I was hanging out with him, but I I didn't, it wasn't something that I listened to a lot
0: when we
1: weren't hanging out, I guess.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, so the, uh, the song has that nice lower section finishes, you know, back with, I guess a chorus. I don't know if it's a chorus. It's the only repeating section of the song. Um, did you like the first song? I did. Yeah. I really like this first song. And it, it, yeah, I mean, it sort of got me back into that sort of mid-90s angsty uh, young man that I was and <laughs> and, and sort of um, just re-embraced the heavy uh, here. Um, the, you know, the themes, obviously cloning, eugenics uh, are big themes here. Uh, one of my favorite films is Gattaca. So it sort of brought back some of those, the themes that that film explores about perfecting the, uh, the human sort of genome and, um, and taking the, you know, in some ways, taking the humanity out of humans, um, which matched, I thought, the industrial sound of the song and, and certainly that opening printer sound. Some great lyrics um, and, and a, a really strong opening track to their first, to their debut album
1: hmm well so okay so let's move into lizard skin then track two Hmm. and 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 my comments here are just exclamation points and again the drums um and and here is where it's just like there's this after two minutes there's like this onslaught of drumming and this is where i wish i had the technical language to actually describe what he's doing here Hmm. Uh, or, or even even just the, the wording to, to to properly somehow convey the aural the imagery behind it but the, the best i could come up with is just like somebody had just kicked the tin man down a hill and he's just rolling down the hill and that's and that's what we're hearing. It's just I'm just listening to him just like oh my oh my god this is yeah. this is amazing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a rhythm song, this one in particular. I mean, there's not much me- me- melody in the guitar. It's it's almost like the a death metal helmet. Um, you know, a one note, a lot of one note rhythms, uh, great rhythms. Um one thing that I started to pick up on in this song was not just how good the drumming is, but how well it was recorded and um the, the, it really fills out the whole stereo spectrum when you listen so um the symbols and the toms uh you know you can hear it across the sort of oral field from left to right when he's when he does a tom fill or hits a symbol you can place it you know in the you know at some point between the left and the right extremes of your listing so i mean i was listening through headphones and um yeah the drums had been particularly well recorded i thought and um you know i'm sure that i'm sure that's going to continue in their later albums but um yeah you know, re- yeah
1: go ahead no sorry i was thinking i hadn't thought about this until you said this about the, the recording quality of it but the fact that it was it's the debut album it's self-produced and and it uh, essentially for all intents and purposes had disappeared for eight years. The recording Mm -hmm. is really, really well done. Yeah. And I, you're right. right. You're absolutely right. I hadn't, I hadn't put all that into consideration until you said that it absolutely is. And, and, and to record the drums is not, I mean, that's not easy. You've got a mic and into, and as you're saying, to keep it consistent going down the toms, that means everything was carefully mic'd some time was put into that
0: yeah yeah it's very well it's very well recorded um, the lyrics I mean you can hardly hear there the lyrics in this, um, that I mean this is cookie monster on steroids um, <laughs> they're really hard to, to discern I, it's something about transformation whether it's metaphorical or literal I'm not sure but there's some sort of I mean it's called lizard skin um, it's something about transforming or something but it you know really this is a drum song and a rhythm song it's not an easy listen but i think you know the rhythms of this song are great and and it's just a drumming showcase so if you if you like hearing a human being do some pretty incredible things on a drums i, I thought this was a, a really good song
1: what's great about that comment is if you if you go online and try to find the lyrics <laughs> there are several moments where there are brackets with like four question marks and then, yeah. and then a word following so
0: yeah yeah you know i uh i was looking on dark lyrics i'll put a link in the show notes i think they've got them right but um yeah i, I don't know it's 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 not about the lyrics that song it's about the drums right. uh, which so let's get into "Satan is a Lawyer." Now, this song, in the reviews that I've read, has been portrayed as a failed experiment. Um, what are your thoughts? I
1: I read the same. the The reviews that I read weren't kind of this. I appreciate the song. I, I appreciate the fact that it does show it. it I just, out of, I mean, I guess not out of nowhere. We're only on track three. It's not, I, Maybe you feel a little different if it's track six, but all of a sudden we just get kind of get these clean guitars. The drums all of a sudden become just very straight, just very kind of everything. I, I, I don't know what they were going for f- with this, um, but everything's just clean. It shows range. I mean, they, they tear into it. They, you know, they, they the song ends kind of back where we started. But, I mean, with the first, but... I I yeah, I
0: appreciated it. I liked it. Yeah. I, I like this too. The system of a down came to mind with this song.
1: Oh yeah. I didn't even think about
0: that. Absolutely. Um I mean it was very different. I mean it could have almost been a different band, but I like the fact that they were trying the, 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 it was something different. It's still and I love the, the you know the the interplay between the sort of playful verses and the super heavy um riffy chorusy
1: bit. I always like it when the vocals, like when you've got that cookie monster on steroids vocals that you were talking about before, and then all of a sudden you hear him it and it's, there's that moment where he's carrying a melody, and you're just like, oh, he can sing. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm. and this is kind of...
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I wasn't sure that the... I mean, this there was some extreme demonic vocals towards the end that I, I wasn't I sure if that quite matched the song... Like singing about lawyers, sounding like you're singing from the the sort of eighth level of Hades. I mean, I get it, lawyers are evil is what the song's about, but um, I don't know, maybe it's just a little incongruous perhaps. Mm. Um, But I like the song and I I thought the the criticism of it as a failed experiment was completely unfounded and unfair. Um, What
1: was the... What was the date when that review was written?
0: Oh, I don't know. Again, yeah, I'm not sure. But and a lot of the reviews I've read are written with the wisdom of hindsight. And I think that's one of the things I love about what we're doing is that we don't know any of their later albums, so we don't. A lot of them, a lot of the reviews I've read are, oh, it's a good album, but there are other stuff much better. Yeah. Yep. Same. So. It t- it shows the value of starting when you want to listen to a band. Start with their first album because you don't have that feeling of oh, it's all right, but I you know. Um, and and now when we do get to listen to their later albums, we'll be able to see we'll be able to understand where they've come from, and and you know we we sort of hear are hearing the sort of germination of of what they're doing. Um, Check the so, progress. Yeah, so hopefully people are coming with us, and and you know there's other listeners who are experiencing this. Without having listened to later Gojira albums and saying, "Ah, it's all right," but don't listen to it. Listen to it. Hmm. Their, their fifth album or whatever. But you know, I I thought this was a good song, and you know, it's a band. And, you know, bands have to find their feet. Not every, most bands don't instantly know what they're what they're about, and you try a few different things. And I, I thought this was a a very good song in, in, in itself, and I had no problems with it thought it was unfairly criticized okay uh now we get a little interlude next i think it's just called zero four right and, four. As,
1: and as i as i understand it it was a birthday present for their mother
0: yeah it was i think it was their uncle calling their mother a couple of days before her yeah. 50th birthday which is where that the intro to this podcast came from today um, and then and it's a nice little musical interlude and a and a break from the heavy three songs that preceded it. And the
1: it's I mean the the doubling of the bass sounds is really cool. Um, I'm curious mm. to know who played who plays the bong. Um, mm. <laughs> that was mm. an interesting choice and birthday present for your mom. But <laughs> who am I to judge?
0: i didn't I didn't even pick it up, so there you go well, well spotted <laughs> <laughs> um i the, my problem with this and a couple of the other musical interludes throughout is they have these kind of um unsettling background noises so mm-hmm. you kind of think oh this is nice a nice little relaxing moment here on this otherwise pummeling album but then in the background you've got sort of tortured screams or whatever it is that.
1: yeah that comes so you never quite. Later.
0: mm you never can quite get too relaxed but uh um i thought it was a useful uh, an interesting little interlude in the album and serves it also serves as an introduction or it leads into the introduction for the next Song, uh, so the end of this morphs into the start of the next song, which is called Blow Me Away you Universe. Um, so let's get into that. If you finish with 04, any other thoughts on 04? No, I, I, no, I, I, I,
1: I like, I was gonna say with the title, I like how they played with it,
0: yeah. Oh, um, I, I think it's fun. The, 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 the start of this is really fun. This is a commando in a sort of fake U.S. war movie <laughs> voice. So it's a complete parody of the U.S. war film, and and I guess by extension, you know, the sort of macho U.S. Um, mili- military-industrial complex in a way at, at the start of this. Um, it, it's more of a mid-tempo song. And I really like this song. Um, it actually reminded me a little bit in tempo and sound of the Deftones, who are one of my favourite bands. Very rich, thick guitar sound. Um, that mid-tempo riff. And, yeah, I almost thought, oh, I wouldn't mind a little uh, Chino Moreno <laughs> guest appearance here. It would have been nice. They have a new album coming out, by the way. Yeah, yep, good.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, Here's the thing about this. So this song, um, I also enjoyed it. I liked it. And I think I've been declaring uh, Mario the winner of each of the songs I've heard so far. Uh, th- this is one where I, I really, I was impressed with the vocalists. I was impressed mm. with the fact that he can, he, he seemingly can do it all. He can scream, he can growl, and, and he can carry a melody. And not only can he do it all, he does it all in this one song. Yep. So I was, I was kind of, if, if there's a, if there's a gold medalist of this song, I'm gonna to have to give it to him.
0: Yeah. Um, some good lyrics too, including some French, uh, "La Dame de Fauve." Um, the the themes here tend, seem to be about birth, death, rebirth. So there's references to sort of love and fertility, goddesses, Artemis being one. Um. Yeah, I think this is my favorite on the album. This is a, a really good mid-tempo stomp. Uh, I love the, the, the riff throughout it. I've, I found myself sort of singing and, and humming along to this. I love the way it finishes with, go to Venus. <laughs> I was going to say, Venus makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah, Venus. I think it's the planet, um, but uh, yeah. Um, great song. Great song, love, love, blow me away. And I I think it's one that they've played live semi regularly, certainly in their early days. I don't know how often they play it these days, but Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and there is live footage of this about, um, good song.
1: So the next one is 5,988 trillions day tons. Um, somebody playing the spoons in this song,
0: (laughs) is that what I'm (laughs) hearing? Uh, I didn't hear the spoon, but there is a lot of percussion. This is, I, I think, this is where I heard a bit of sepultura influence—that sort of bringing that sort of tribal hmm. uh, vibe to it. Um, I actually the closest I've heard to this was in a book that my six-month-old daughter has, where you press little buttons it's about world music, and you press little buttons, and it plays a little twenty-second sample from different um of music from different parts of the world and this was um senegalese was was the one that i thought oh that sounds like uh gojira i'm not sure that many other kids books would um would have that connection but um only, yeah i thought maybe only the I, best I, yeah. <laughs> um so i thought maybe they have picked up a little bit and i i think senegal was you know, um, you know, the French and, and the Senegalese do have some historical links, of course. So um, maybe that's something they picked up through the years. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think when they talk about being influenced by Sepultura, I think I, I certainly could hear that uh, in this one. Uh, there's also a bit of a sound studio. Um, so that um, death metal scene was a, a lot of the American death metal at the in the 90s came out of morris sound and he was famous was um what's his name scott burns was famous for generating these industrial sort of sounds in you know at the, uh, maybe at the start of a song like a sepultura song or an obituary song or something that he would have a really cool big uh, sound that you know you could hear in this one as well so there's a bit of an influence both from the 90s death metal scene and from the sort of tribal sepultura stuff Track seven is Deliverance, right?
1: Or we're on, yeah, we're on track seven, Deliverance. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here again, I th- I found uh, the, the the lyrics were again we're we're kind of moving into sort of this otherworldly. Um, <laughs> there's I, I'm not sure who Thanatos is, but maybe think of the Avengers. Probably has nothing to do with the Avengers. Uh, yeah, no, I did I look like, up Thanatos.
0: I think it's he the. <laughs> uh it's a god of death i think all right uh One of those, well, roman or greek or something
1: but again he joe de the singer is doing some cool things with his voice he's moving from the melodic to the growl and moving back but he he does it so seamlessly in the song mm. where it just it, it just there's no there's see there's no interruption as he moves mm. from from like the the vocal stylings from you know singing to to growling to it just it, it's very well
0: done. Mm. Uh, yeah. In fact, I think this has my favourite vocal moment on the album, which is, and it's only one line, but when he says nothingness is all around, um, he's actually, you, you you can hear the sort of fear in his voice as, he's, mm-hmm. as he delivers that line. And, you know, he, he breaks from the, the cookie monster stuff and just says nothingness is all around and and you know it's as if he's um in a in an empty void and, and experiencing the fear at the time so yeah um i agree it's an, a nice vocal performance and it hangs there just for that moment and then it goes right, right back into it yeah yeah um there's also some uh sort of tibetan throat uh mm. throat chanting uh early on um It it almost sounds like it gallops off like a traditional metal song, you know, a sort of almost like an Iron Maiden tempo early on. But, I mean, Gojira, by this stage, you're realising this is far from a traditional metal band. And, yeah, there's there's a lot of twists and turns throughout. But um, it was the closest, I thought, to a a traditional sounding metal song for much of the song. And this moves us into track eight, Space Time. Yeah, now... Just go before ahead. we go there, was yeah. um, I haven't seen a uh, double like an album, like an LP breakdown, but I'm assuming Deliverance is the end of the first side. Well, that would make
1: sense, right? I mean, there are
0: that it felt make sense. like it to me, if it felt like it should be the last song on side one, and in fact, the first time I listened to this, I listened to it and said, "I actually need a break now." I've enjoyed it, but right, I got to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do another. Um, you know this again, um, so it felt like a natural break at the end of this song before before and, space time.
1: And I agree because there is there is a a, just a difference between track seven and eight, and I think eight space time is um I think that's my favorite track on the album. Okay, and it's uh, yeah. this is this is the moment where I I first started feeling a uh, sort of a Tom Morello influence rage against the machine influence um there's the sort of again the technical language i want to know what what are the effects he's using on the guitar i want to know how is he getting that sound um hmm. is it, so this is you know and i and i looked i tried to find like a sort of what pedals he's using what pedals he used on this album i, I came up an empty uh, but there yep. was kind of that feel with it i i really again i'm going to go back to the drums i, I there's there, there's this whole the drums and the guitar they play off each other the guitar has sort of like this drilling sound uh and and it's being matched up against sort of this chugging double bass kick of of the drums just the the ambiance and the mood being established by those two by those two instruments and then and then you get a little piano at the end
0: just. yeah <laughs> yep yep um And and there is some again some variation in the vocals. So some we do get some singing uh, in the second half of the song. Also, I thought um, I hadn't noticed the bass much up to this point, but I noticed it much more from this point onwards. You know, from this song, you do get that standalone bass through the verses, and and much more in the second half of the album. Do you um, often early on? I thought he was mirroring the guitar more than not, but much more in the second half, you get the standalone bass lines where one of the guitarists stops playing and and just gives the bass player some space.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that. I guess I didn't I didn't take any notes about that in this song, but I did from nine onwards started yep. making more mention of the bass. So, mm. yeah, that is interesting that you mentioned that.
0: Yeah, uh, I also heard some Mastodon in the vocals on this one. So now I don't know who influenced who, but as I said, I I saw this band support Mastodon, and this would I don't know if it predates Mastodon or not. Um, Two thousand. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure who influenced who, but um, I heard a little bit of Mastodon in the singing here. They also have a new album coming out. No.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm have to listen. <laughs> on your toes. Uh, right. track, nine. track nine on the BOTA. Um, oh, I'm so embarrassed I had to look this up. It's in the lyrics. It is in the lyrics, but it's not. I still don't understand what it means. On the brink of the abyss. Anyway. Oh, I thought it was the. You're right. I yeah. thought it was the French bit when he goes into the. <laughs> no. And I was like, no, I, no.
0: okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, at least I'm not the only stupid one on this podcast.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I this this is the one where I, I really like how, how the bass, the guitar, and the drums all work together, and I think this song's got a really cool groove, and I like how yeah. all three of them are, are very sort of interwoven and intertwined and in driving that groove.
0: Yep. Yeah, nice short song, more of an interlude song. Um, not often you get – uh, a death metal band quoting uh, Baudelaire in the, in the lyrics, but there you go. You've got a little bit of that here too. Um, do you teach any French poetry in your English? I mean, you teach English, but not French, right? But uh, do you ever touch on the, the French poetry? No, I've, no, I've, I've taught like Camus, but
1: no, nah, no, never either.
0: Okay, never maybe neither. we'll get some Camus in a later album. <laughs> Let's see what we can do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice little, nice song this, and um, uh, yeah, I did like the bass in this one, but more of a, not really a standalone song, a short song that sort of bridges the gap to no. the next few. Right. Yeah. Which leads us into 10 Rise, and this this one had,
1: uh, this is the one where I felt a definite sort of Pantera vibe in the groove oh, again. Right. You know, the way, yeah. and the, way that the bass, the drums, the guitar all kind of work together, even as singing just felt kind of, sort of kind of mid mid-era Pantera
0: okay yeah uh, it was more of an angel for me so there you go that uh, fall from grace was the song that I that came to mind for me listening to this um, uh, to me this wasn't a standout track I don't know it had plenty of twists and turns it had that interesting to sort of the wooden percussion coming back in the last minute um, and a real like a few of their other songs, are real drumming showcase, but nothing stood out for it. It's not one that I can easily recall now, even talking about it. Um, you know, I can't.
1: What, yeah. What stood out was if live, like if, if, if this track, if rise and fires, everything tracks 10 and 11, if they sort of bled into each other and sort of were kind of just one track. Yep. Um, because they feel like they, the the way that they're sort of they bleed into one another, it, mm. it it would have made for an interesting single track.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, with that sort of percussion glock thing in, in between. Right. Yep. Mm. Uh far everything, uh so um now these guy or one of the one of the members of this band went lived in a forest. Um prior. I think it was the singer, yeah. For yeah. two years, I think lived in a cabin with no, um, no electricity. You know, no contact with civilization. I don't know how you'd go with that. How would I? I'm not sure. I'd be very good with it. No, um, God, no. Especially these days, Maybe right. back then it wasn't as big a deal, but now it's like, you know, does this tree have Wi-Fi? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that that's a fair <laughs> point. We're
1: missing 2001. You weren't missing Wi-Fi. No.
0: <laughs> so I'm sure it will be harder now. Plus, climate change has made the the sort of fires that uh, they're singing about in this song much more common. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the ultimate threat to that sort of existence is fire. So that's what this song is about. It's literally an ode to fire. Um, now, i tried to have that, um, you know, that experience where the Wizard of Oz lines up with a Pink Floyd song? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Per, it this lines is, up this, by the way, this is the second Wizard of Oz reference in this podcast. <laughs> um, I thought I'm gonna, I reckon I can line this up with the fire scene from Bambi. Uh, <laughs> I gave it a go. It just, it, it kind of worked you, a couple of different did, times. <laughs> I did. I played this with the fire uh, with the fire scene from Bambi, which is great cinema, by the way. If you haven't seen Bambi, like it, it's not all, you know, it's acute little sad deer thing but i mean this there is some great cinematography in in, uh, in that film um and yeah I, you know this sort of frantic opening and there is that sense of urgency in that fire scene in bambi where they're racing through the forest and there's burning trees falling in their path and um yeah i, I got that vibe a lot from this song that, that the danger of a forest fire and the the panic that it, that it might induce
1: Absolutely, the song is relentless.
0: Mm.
1: There's, and in fact, to 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 illustrate how relentless it is, there are a couple moments where it just stops to let you catch your breath.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And then it just drives back into it. But it, it absolutely, for, you said frantic earlier. It's a hundred percent frantic.
0: Yeah. Um, there is that slow riff towards the end, but um, yeah, um, and and finishes with the sort of double kick, and you know. Well, and it finishes with the, the with the, the the crackling, like almost like the well, fire. Uh, yeah. out. You you hear yeah, it kind the of last thirty or forty minutes, uh, thirty or forty seconds is is the sound of flames, which not not real flames. It sounds like they've somehow recreated them with their instruments, very cleverly. I hope they weren't real flames. Um, which right, brings so- us to track twelve. To
1: Yep, Track 12, of Love, which I guess is, a, is explicitly about that time that he spent in that cabin for those two years. Yeah.
0: Uh, now, this is, as far as I know, the sort of most well-known song from this album. It has a film clip. Uh, it's still played live, and I think I might have seen them play this live, not that I would have known because I was ignorant in 2012 when I saw them. Um, but there is a film clip, there's links to the show notes of the film clip, which features someone in a forest and, um, yeah, it is a, it is about the feelings that came from living in the forest and, um, and I really like this song. How did you go with it?
1: I re- I really like this song as well. This was the other one where I sort of felt the, uh, Tom Marella influence and I right. felt like there were definitely, this, this is the one that I would hold up as their definite elements of, of sort of metal and hip hop merging together on the guitar. Yeah, uh, I like I like the, the picks, the, the sort of the pick drag that he does on the screens that make it sound on the strings that make it sound like a record scratch. Mm. Just uh, I, I really like sort of what I, I like this song, but I really like what the uh, the guitar player Christian Andrew is doing with it.
0: Yep. And of course, the drummer again. I mean, we're going to say that every song, but uh, there's some incredibly fast, not only double kick work, but some snare work that's almost sounds inhuman. Uh, And then a really great breakdown right towards the end of the song where it, um, yeah, it all sort of falls away and we're just left with this clean and simple, slower, crushing. riff which then leads into this sort of one note again death metal helmet sort of finish it's a great song i love this song um great film clip too if you haven't seen it um heavy but artistic and clearly you know this is a, a very cerebral band with with i think some important artistic statements to make and i think this is perhaps the best example of that on this album Hmm. Which brings us into track 13, mm. which is what
1: 19,910 quadrillions day tons. Yeah, Isn't it's getting right? heavier. <laughs> um, <laughs> what this quadrillion? quadrillion. What did I say? Quadrillion, quadrillion, quadrillion. I don't know. Uh, it's heavy, whatever it is. Yeah, this, this, this song was the one that was a little bit disturbing for me. Um, I the just the, the the tortured screaming. I'm not sure what I was supposed to take away from this track, but it was it was kind of unnerving. I will say this though. So while I was listening to this song, uh, my daughter, my two year old daughter, woke up on the flight, and I was happy to say that I was able to distinguish her screaming from from the screaming that I was hearing coming from the headphones. So I, I did have to I did have to stop listening to the song and tend to her. Right. Um, but yeah, but the the tortured screams was kind of.
0: Yeah. Take those out. It's a good song. I like the melodic yeah. guitar, but with those oh, things, cool. I'm—I just skip this. Yep. The, the the acoustic riff played over the top is really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm hoping that they do continue with the musical interludes in later albums, but perhaps have a little more restraint to lead, to just let the listener
1: yeah. relax Dial-
0: a bit without without torture and screams and stuff. Dial down the <laughs> ambiance a bit. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So I ended up skipping this, you know, for most of my listens. Just, you know, I, I don't want to feel that level of discomfort in when I'm listening to music. Uh, the last song, In the Forest. Uh, similar to Love in a way. I actually thought maybe it's a little too similar to Love to be this close on the album. I would have liked... One of those songs to be on in the front half of the album and the other in the second half rather than almost back to back. Um, they because they do have that juxtaposition of the slower verses and the fast, sort of jackhammer riffy syncopated rhythms. This is even fast. I mean, this I had to play this. I, I gave the headphones to my wife and said, Can you have a listen to this? I mean, is this even. <laughs> I mean, she's classically trained in music. I said, What what are these notes? I I mean I know them up to demi semi quavers. Is that I think that's the smallest note I can think of. These are like demi, hemi, semi, quasi-quavers or something. I don't know what these are. See, I, I so I'm not alone count, here. <laughs> I was trying to count them. How many notes in a bar can you fit? <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to go back to school to be able to talk about the next couple albums over here. Yeah. In fact, th- right throughout the album, I was thinking, I'm glad I don't have to score this because I, mean, I don't know how you would do it. Could <laughs> you imagine make a Broadway musical out of this album? <laughs> like one uh, page per
1: bar. <laughs> it does start off. The, it, I mean, it it starts off with kind of that cool gallop though before before the the attack, the onslaught. Like yeah. the, the words I keep using over and over on this album is just the onslaught, just this yeah. this onslaught that's just sort of coming at you. It would be like if you are a boxer just getting pummeled and you just got away wait for him to tire down
0: yeah yeah so i use jackhammer i use similar words i mean just going through my notes this pummeling i've used a few times jackhammer for this one uh i mean it's so technical i just thought i had instantly was suspicious can they actually play this i mean surely this is just pro tools or something i mean this is not possible like drum triggers and I actually had to do some research on drum triggers and I was sort of suspiciously googling gojira drum trigger like but they seem to be able to play it live there's footage of his feet and it's not but it's not just the drummer here it's the, the guitar rhythms man it, it's like a blur um, but again I think they're doing it I think they can actually do it which to you know to their credit it is so technical um this is really showing off <laughs> i mean this is and, cool. it, and it but it's good i'd like it
1: who was it there was i was listening to an interview this was a long time ago i really don't remember who it was and they were saying that the argument was is that a band who is put together later in life can never be as good as a band who sort of grew up knowing each other because you'll never be as in sync with each other as Mm -hmm. sort of as you are at that moment. And then you take bands with brothers in them and whether it's for harmonizing or for just being able to feel each other out and playing through a song, you can't match sort of the power of of, of like a brotherhood in a band. And, 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 and I would give you, oasis to counter that argument at any at (laughs) any given moment but i would give you this band to say that's that's like this band and and maybe you know the beach boys to say that that's absolutely true i like oasis by the way look that's i I do too i I do too by the way but they're also (laughs) extremely
0: ridiculously dysfunctional yes true i see what you mean yeah um yeah um, so yeah, really memorable song and one that I just, I had to keep playing this again and again, like just to try and pick it apart to some extent, but I just think it's almost at the point where I haven't heard anything like this mean, it's incredible, mm-hmm. uh, and really good. Um, And yeah, there is some live footage of them playing it, so I can recommend that to you if you haven't seen it, uh, and it'll be in the show notes, listener. Uh, It finishes, so that's the end of the album. uh, Ostensibly, there is a hidden track as well, though called Terra Inc. Um, Now, I believe the original release differed from the current release in that there was a much bigger gap between the end of In the Forest and the hidden track Terra Inc. Um, So, in the version that I've got, it goes straight. You know. Basically straight from one into the other, but I think there was a sev- you know a minute or two or maybe more interlude of silence in the original release, which I th- probably would have worked better. I think.
1: Oh, the version I have there's about a minute or two
0: in between. Right. Okay. I I think the, the original version had a much longer interlude. Anyway. Oh.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. um and the, and yes. So here at the end. So Terra Inc has almost like a dub finish so again some of that dj influence yeah. that you've spoken about it's it's times. a cool cool jammy little number i like it it, it
1: feels different yeah. i never understood uh the hidden track like what yeah. what how did as a band i, I always like the hit track i'm not i'm not speaking ill of the hidden track but as a band how do you decide what the hidden track is it just something that you all like this one it sounds like something they just kind of jammed on and they're like that's cool what do we do with yeah. it? I don't
0: know. Throw it at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't know.
0: I always picture it as something that catches you off guard when late at night, when you've just about dozed off and you think, oh, the album's finished. And then you sort of have this dreamy moment where, hang on, is that what's going on here? Like it sort of, you know, catches I the remember, listener off
1: guard. I remember that was Tool. I don't know if it was their first album or second album, but I used to listen to it at night when I was going to bed and it was that that last hidden track would always kind of mess with you. Um, Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, This one's fun. The the tool one tended to be haunted. The the one I'm thinking of was haunting this one, this one I liked it. It It's kind of a jammy little fun number.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Overall, how did you view this album? So, uh, okay, so this is where overall I, I enjoyed the. Because you seem very positive about it track by track. I'm wondering if yeah. that same positivity extends I, to the overall album. So here's,
1: I, I liked this album for what it was. I accepted that this album was a debut. I accepted that this band came highly, highly recommended by somebody whose musical tastes I, I do trust. Um, and, but as I was listening to a lot of it, it was just, there was sort of that kind of that that factory machine like kind of um uh industrial kind of sound where i was just all right i don't know if i can do six albums of this and uh and 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 that was where i think that was why when the new track came out a couple weeks ago i was like let me just hear where they end up and i listened and i did listen to that new track and i'm like this yes, this is I I, I exactly what that's this is what I want to know. I wanna know how they get from here to there. Yep. And so yeah, I was listening to that the new track that hands down, my favorite song on the album.
0: <laughs> you can't do that. Um right. but um <laughs> but yeah, no, you had space time, I had blown me away as your space Friday. Yep as your favorite blow me away universe um i i am extremely positive about this album i'm glad we've heard it without having uh our thoughts clouded by potentially better later albums I, you know i don't want to judge those yet but you know that seems to be you know this seems to be a there their new stuff's better than their old stuff sort of is the general vibe from what i've read from what little i've read um so it's nice to hear the first album unclouded by the later albums um the one thing the one reservation i would have and and a lot of this again it's not a genre that i've listened to much as i've grown older i feel like i've grown out of death metal a bit but this reminded me this brought back a lot of youthful Good memories about how I used to enjoy music, and particularly, like I used to love Sepulchre, I think and, and Slayer, and and just the drum, the power of the drums, and this recaptured that feeling for mm. me. My one reservation would be the Cookie Monster style death metal vocals. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I'm, um, you know, perhaps that's something that I have. It, it didn't come back for me. I, I quite liked it back in the day because I felt like. It was something that, you know, my parents hated and everyone else hated, but I understood it and I'd read the lyric sheets and I knew there was actually some intelligent lyrics here behind the, the, the gruff, demonic sort of exterior. I'm not sure that that feeling came back for me and I'm hoping we perhaps will hear less of the Cookie Monster style vocals, maybe not on the next album, but but later on. Because there's enough in this to suggest that the guy can sing And I'd prefer a bit more Mastodon style rather than the sort of uh, Morbid Angel stuff. So to be fair,
1: your analysis, your reservations, you're talking about how the way you sort of felt, how you used to enjoy listening to music, right? This album is 19 years old yeah so it, it it is kind of it is a product of the time of how we used to enjoy listening to music so it yeah, will be, it will be interesting to see have have our tastes and their tastes sort of over the years you know aligned Is it, yeah. this also the type of music that they used to enjoy listening to
0: yeah yeah it will be interesting i'm not really looking forward to following this band i'm i'm i think we've chosen well again i hope we do i mean we put a lot of time into choosing our bands we don't want to choose something we don't like so we're generally going to be positive about the bands and the albums that we're talking about we're not here to pick bad albums and and you know pick them apart we're we're here to pick good stuff and and to experience it together and with our listeners and it's a long um, long road we definitely want to enjoy this yeah and but i think there's enough on this album to say yeah we've picked a good band here i thoroughly enjoyed this debut um i don't care that perhaps their later albums are better this album on its own is an excellent album and um it was really nice to get to experience that for the first time over the last few weeks and um it's been a nice have you done have you do any on. research on this band are we going to see any uh band member changes don't know don't know okay nor, nor do i yeah, yeah. um i am I'm imagining the next i don't know what your expectations are for the next album i'm ex- I'm expecting something reasonably similar to this one I, I don't expect to see the real progressive growth until later on just from what limited re- you know some of the reviews i read of this album hinted at some major growth and change later on in their career i don't expect we'll see all of that in uh in their next album just yet so i'm expecting something closer to this album than that final track that you heard, obviously. I
1: feel like,
0: so this was done and I don't mean to use, uh,
1: September 11th as a, as a benchmark, but this was done. This was finished or released in March of 2001. And I just, I do feel like the music that came out in 2002, just, there was just a different vibe. There was a different feel. And, and and i just i feel like there was i don't know if it was like a, a consciousness shift i don't know what it was but i guess i am expecting something different yeah i mean maybe, the world maybe, changed yeah maybe a little less and i don't know what i'm expecting i am expecting mm. something a little different like i'm expecting i'm expecting the next album to be a better representation of the starting point of the band than this album if that makes right. sense
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What's it called? The next one is it the link? Is that the next one? Yeah, the link. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, hopefully, it doesn't take us too long what, uh, to to record. Uh, you know, let's aim for a couple of weeks if we can. Now that I've settled in here and and you're into a bit more of a routine back in uh, back in your uh, current home and my former current home, and and we'll be current home. we'll be home again soon. Uh, so let's try and get these out a bit more regularly. Uh, we haven't done the band Brownlow yet, um, so let's. Just quickly run through that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, three votes. right, you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I know who it's going to be. Sure. Right. Go. Three votes. All right. Go. All right. So, three votes is Mario. Mario Duplantier.
1: Yes. Trump's. All right. Three votes for me. Mario. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, second vote's uh, Joe Duplantier. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, again, vocals, some amazing
0: things. Um, go ahead. Yeah, two votes, Joe, as well. Uh, um, as much from what I've seen, not only from what I heard on the album, but also from what I've seen of them playing this stuff live, he seems to be the leader and I imagine some sort of creative uh, driver in this band. Um, and there's enough in here lyrically, both in, and I assume he writes the lyrics, I don't know, but, you know, I really like the lyrics of this album. There's some really intelligent stuff here. Um, I was surprised yeah. at... The
1: lyrics were all in English. I don't know why I was expecting, I don't know. I was expecting yeah. at least more of a balance between French and, French and English, not a big thing. Yeah. Um, all right, my one vote. So I went with Christian Andrew. I, I really do like the guitar sound. I, I don't know who's responsible for the guitar sounds that I like. I don't know if it's Christian Andrew or if it's Joe Duplantier. I can't, I, I, I can't I'm not able to distinguish their guitar sounds from one another. So I right. kind of just hedged my bets and put him as my one vote.
0: Okay. Uh, so my this is where we differ. So I've gone for the bass player, Jean-Michel Labadie. Um, didn't at, fir- at first I thought, oh, the bass player is a bit of a sort of Jason Newstead, Lost in the Mix kind of um, bass player. But then repeated listens, I started to notice him more and more. And then, yeah, as I said, in the second half of the album, there's a lot more bass-driven um staff and and a a bit more space to him for him to work in and i I, um i I think he does a really good job supporting those big riffs throughout without ever overdoing it and trying to be too fancy like you know perhaps you could that might be a criticism of say the band death sometimes the bass just becomes a bit too jazzy and, and distracting i thought he's nicely restrained but he also gets a bit of room to work in the second half of the album. So, yeah, Jean-Michel gets my one vote here, but clearly this is Mario's, it's a showcase for Mario to show what he can do on the drums, and, and the rest of the band are there to just sort of keep up as much as possible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right, so Brown, Band Brownlow is done. Um the album is done. Hopefully you enjoyed the album as much as we did, listener. Hopefully you enjoyed our podcast and you agreed or disagreed um in some way with what we say. Let us know if you if you have any of your own thoughts you'd like to share with us. You can get in touch through uh our website, unshuffledpod.com, uh on Twitter at unshuffledpod, uh or via email, unshuffledpod at gmail.com. So there's a few channels you can uh you can um, get in contact with us with or, or through if you like. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. We know there are plenty of listeners out there and a growing audience, so um, stick with us and, um, yeah, come on this journey with us into musical intentionality. Um, this is a really good band to do it with too. So if you in any way like heavy music and, and heavy drums in particular, then uh, follow us as we as we follow this really interesting French band as they develop and change throughout the course of their career.
1: I don't, I don't mean to interrupt the sign off here real quick, but the next, so we, we said we were going to make the decision if we do the link for the next album, or
0: if we go back and pick up. um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We do need to do that. So you're saying that the Bitchwax has released their album. It's out, but
1: I will, here's my push. If I may, Hmm. I, and then we can see, you know, listeners. If you disagree, then you should write in. Uh, yes, this, this would be a great thing to hear. Uh, we 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 put it up on on, on Twitter. There, put up a poll. Yeah. Um, all right. I think I think we should see Gojira through. I think we should see this through to the end. And then when we're done with Gojira, pick up Bitchwax before we decide our next band. That's all my right. vote.
0: I'm, all right, I've, I'm in full agreement with you. Let's do that. And I really. Having spent so long in this album, I really am ready for the next (laughs) Gojira album rather than just finally getting this podcast out and then jumping off to another band straight away. I want to stick with them too. So let's do that. Unless my caveat would be unless we hear from um, Three Man, uh, the Atomic Bitchwax band or album, or any, you know, if we have any strong opinions from, um, you know, our listeners or anyone else that says, no, no. Yeah, they know where to find us if you want to. If you want to change our minds, um, speaking of record labels, thank you, Small Stone, um, for allowing us to use our opening and closing track, uh, which comes from a band called Seven Planets. Their album is called Explorer, and the track is called Vanguard, And the whole album is excellent, and you should buy it uh, and listen to it because it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Scott. Really nice to speak to you again after so long and uh, so much travel time and uh, you know this has become in you know, a very re- you know rapidly changing year this has become one constant that um i always look forward to so uh, thank you and um thank you listener for sticking with us and um for um putting up with the delay between the previous podcast and this one and, um, but yeah, stick with us now as we explore Gojira. Matt. it's been
1: uh, absolutely great to see you again. I'm really looking forward to the moment where we can we can do this and be like, well, what's happened with you the last couple weeks? Nothing but listeners, yes, thank you very much, and uh, we we will we'll start bridging these a little bit closer together now that everything's kind of settled down a bit.
0: yep, yep. And speaking of uh, agonising cries, I'm, you may have picked up a little bit of uh, crying in the background throughout this podcast, I think. It sounds like my young youngest child has been firing up a bit out, out there, so i better go and uh, do less podcasting and more parenting. Thank you, everyone. Uh, it's hey. been a pleasure, as always. And, uh, yeah, stick with us. Uh, and do try and bring some intentionality into your own listening, because... I'm enjoying it and uh you know, it's great to go on this journey, so come with us if you dare as we continue. Thank you, everybody. Let's do this again soon.